Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. I don't really remember either. Welcome. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Andy, you ready to put a bow on the AFC West right now? Yeah. The the Kansas City Chiefs were dead and buried last year. (laughs) Not not really, but I mean, that was the the story. That was the offseason story was, oh, my God. You know, this is, is this the end of the dynasty that hasn't even gotten started yet? The Tyreek Hill trade, and uh, are we gonna, you know, how's the pass rush gonna look? And is Mahomes gonna be able to do this forever? And you know, they did things in a lot of different ways, but mm-hmm. it's still, it still just kind of comes down to like how shitty could the team be, the rest of the offense be, and you still win 10 games because you have, if you had say like hypothetically, you have Mahomes for 17 games. He's not injured. He's never hampered hundred percent healthy. Like how shitty of a roster could you have around him and still win 10 games? And it's a bit of a paradox because at the end of the season, I think you'd be like, Oh, this roster wasn't that shitty. Look at the numbers they put up. I'm like, no, it was because he does some fucking stuff that just elevates everyone around him. And I mean, that this was, kind of a horrible wide receiver room at times mm-hmm. and they absolutely trotted some guys out there that were you know projects and probably don't make it in a lot of other teams and you know through the the grace of Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and some of the play calling and at times uh some decent play from the defense they got a little more out of the secondary than I think people thought they have we were talking about this offline uh they have a really good linebacking core that probably got stronger and they had somewhat of a pass rush at times, and it's just a good team, a good coach, a good home field, and obviously the greatest quarterback playing in the game right now. And at the end of the damn year, Jeepers Cats, here we go. It's uh, it's another Super Bowl, and now it is for sure like a dynasty. If you make three in five years and you win two-year dynasty, I think. I don't know. I'm not sure if there's an actual, you know, level you gotta reach but i think they're at that point because it's been good and i don't think mahomes has played a road playoff game yet he's played one one and he lost this is good trivia which one was it which one was that year one no he was home they were the one seed his first year as a starter. The one seed. I'm trying to think, was, was that game in Cincy? Can't count Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Super Bowls are Nah, always. it was the Super Bowl. They were in Tampa oh. at, against Tampa, for sure. Oh, that was God, a road don't game. Don't do that to me. That was a road game. Yeah, you were just <laughs> goofing. You were just goofing. I, I was, I was yeah, trying to think game. back to, like, year one. Do you want real trivia, though? Uh, who were the quarterbacks in the last AFC championship game that was not at Arrowhead? Oh, so like six years. <laughs> Brady and Tannehill. Nope. Bra- no, Brady and God, was that a Jaguar You're dancing. season? Yes. Blake Bortles. Brady and Blake Bortles. Yes. Brady versus Blake oh, Bortles was the last the NFC, NFC you know, championship NFC. game that happened not in. Not and the in NFC Arrowhead. title game that year had Case Keenum. 
Nick Foles. <laughs> oh my God! Three, what a wild foursome of quarterbacks. Yes. What a wild foursome of quarterbacks. And Brady did not um, win that. Uh, no, no. That Super Bowl out of no. those four. Jesus fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Philly, Philly, Philly crazy. making things weird. So. Yeah, he did and beat. Brady who did he beat? On, he beat yet on. He couldn't get. To the, he couldn't win the Super Bowl against that quartet, but yet he did beat uh, Drew Brees. It's like Aaron Rodgers, yeah. right? Uh, it was Breeze, somebody, Aaron Rodgers, and Mahomes. Is that right? Yeah. In his last run, he definitely played Wild Card Weekend at at New Orleans. They beat Breeze. I can't remember who they played second. It's funny. It's like we don't even want to talk about the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, this is fun trivia. Like no, the, the, sure point, the point is, they have dominated the AFC in for perpetuity it feels like I, I honestly i cannot believe that how many years in a row they've hosted an afc championship game and this was a staple of the brady you know belichick regime and oh by the way maybe we should give somebody else a little credit here on the deep dive podcast and that is mr andy reed uh because for as much as mahomes deserves the lion's share of last year's super bowl because of his in his singular performance in the big game combined with you know, his his AFC championship performance against um, Cincinnati on one leg. Um, Andy Reid is a huge part of the success because he has figured out ways to continue to develop Mahomes and a very aggressive schedule. A lot of Tom Brady's early success was just unreal team strength, defense-carrying teams, close wins, particularly in Super Bowls. And this run and this dynasty for the Chiefs, Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, has been just absolute perfect synergy between coach and quarterback. And Mahomes is a singular talent. I'm not taking anything away from him. Um, but it absolutely is worth noting that uh, Andy Reid yeah. unlocked this. And I, I think if they'd won that Super Bowl – with McNabb and T.O. And maybe maybe you'd have to have all three uh, wins with Kansas City. We're probably sitting here and being like, he's better than Belichick. <laughs> well, right <laughs> now, he, he definitely he, has to be right. Well, no, in, in this moment, yes, in correct. Moment, right yeah. now, he's, he's the best coach in the league. But, like, career for career, it's like, man, he did it with two different teams for, like, 10 years each. Like, the guy's kind of it. Um, and, obviously, they approach the, the game from – two different sides of the ball. Yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting to see how those dynasties are built, but yeah, hosting, hosting the conference championship five years in a row feels like something that should probably put you in that upper echelon. And yes, <laughs> it's it no, was, uh, it's noteworthy. <laughs> it, it is and, no, yeah. noteworthy as shit. And yeah, yeah, they, they did it losing what people thought was like, Hey, maybe this is, part of the reason this is what we do when someone is too good we try to rationalize yeah. or be like sure. oh would he be this good without andy reed probably not but he'd still be very good oh would course. he be and then but we do it without everyone's like man would he be good without tyreek hill Fuck, as it yes. turns out yes yes but that did feel like a but what about loss. without hill and kelsey well, yeah, probably. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll, we'll see. If eventually, that's gonna eventually, it's gonna come to a head. But uh, no, I mean, losing Hill to Miami felt like a big deal. He'd been with the Chiefs for, I mean, since seventeen, yeah. sixteen. I mean, yeah, he's a top three uh, wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, of course, that's was, gonna matter. It should. It was. It was. <laughs> it big. should. Yeah. And oh, I mean, and you, weird. you did lose quarterbacks coach last year kafka went to new york to join dable staff turned out like that uh, it was a yeah, non-zero loss point. like he was uh it was replaced by Nagy, 
Nagy took that spot before he filled in for the. He just fills in forever, whoever leaves yeah. now. He's working his he's, way, worming his way back up. The slowly worming his way back up. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, th- there's not a ton to say about last year. I mean, it, it felt like things were against him in that sense. Like, hey, everyone's gunning for you. Hey, the Bengals are good again. You kind of struggle with the Bengals in a very mm-hmm. small sample size so far. The rest mm-hmm. of the AFC is very good. The balance of quarterbacks is pretty much shifted to there. Uh, especially from young quarterbacks, you're seeing other teams rise. And then we get to the playoffs and you're injured. Your best player's injured. He was, I mean, there was pretty heavy talk as we just did this with Herbert of like, is Mahomes going to play in the AFC title game or not? <laughs> is, it, is he going to be able to play? And, you know, there were several plays during the championship game and the Super Bowl where it was like, you know, he came up hobbling a little. It was like, oh, shit. Yeah, right into halftime. Right into halftime. Like yeah. Both of those times, like, oh, my God, this game is over. It's going to be unwatchable at this point. What's going to happen? Yeah. Uh, even though we'd had that moment and we've we've seen the backup come through in that system in the past. But, yeah, just a lot of things thrown at him still came up on, on top. And it is a sum of the parts, but nothing. And we'll harp on this continually forever and ever. Have a quarterback, have a coach, figure out the depth from there. Yeah, and so I guess a couple of thoughts on the regular season for the Chiefs last year. They were overrated by market in terms of market price. Yeah, you most still pay. The, yeah, you paid us. You paid a premium. Uh, five and eight to start <laughs> against the spread. Yet they found ways to win against teams that showed up and gave them their absolute fucking best, like the Chargers week two. Chiefs found a way to win. They did not cover. Um, the one kind of weird blemish. The Raiders the one, game was kind of weird. Well, there that, that wasn't even the one I was going to point to. The one that's like the real what the fuck happened there was the week three loss at the Colts. Remember that going up against Gus Bradley's defense, a guy you used to absolutely kick, uh, you know, bully around. You only score 17 points against and you lose. And there's like weird miscommunication and people screaming at each other. And I was like, where? These aren't the Chiefs that I know. Uh, who are these guys? What's happening? Yeah, Chief, Chiefs indoors, that offense, 17 mm. points. But they rebounded. Uh, a couple of the yeah, a couple of the results didn't jive. Yeah. Like all of their losses were what the most points they scored in a loss was twenty four. Yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. So if you can hold the Chiefs to twenty four, you're good to go. Best of luck. <laughs> Best of luck to you. They have to hold themselves to twenty four. I feel like um, the they absolutely throttled some of the teams that were expected to give them a challenge. Most notably, the primetime game against the Buccaneers. That was a absolute runaway for the Chiefs. The primetime game against the 49ers was a runaway for the Chiefs. Uh, that said, uh, your two chief comp- you know opponents in a very packed top of the AFC, the Bills and the and the uh, uh, Bengals, Bengals, both got you. They both got you, and. I thought those games were both pretty compelling. Clear. Good games, though. They were good games, but the challenger came in and they freaking popped you, right? Like it was literally like they must have had that 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 game circled in red sharpie for you know from from the minute the schedule hit came off the printer um, because they came in focused, dialed in, gave you their best shot, and got the better of you. Both of those games, Bengals game was away. Uh, the Bills game took place in Arrowhead. Um, but uh, you were still competitive in both those games. You just couldn't quite get the victory. Um, the couple other weird, uh, you can't, for whatever reason, the Chiefs cannot fi- figure out a way to cover games against the Chargers, but they can beat them. <laughs> they like to beat the Chargers close. That's sort of their MO. Um, and then we got to the playoffs, and 
Yes, the, it's very tough to, to tell you that the Chiefs were overrated by the time we got to the playoffs because the market was correcting down a, a hair um, with the buy, with the extra rest, time to prepare. They were 10-point-ish favorites against the Jaguars, and yes, they won by seven. That game felt like a 10-point margin, if I really had to tell you, and even in that, it was chad henny time to close right like mahomes didn't finish that game i don't think because of the ankle injury uh i didn't ever get the sense that there was a realistic chance that mahomes wasn't going to suit up for the bengals game the afc championship game but he was clearly very limited out there in terms of his mobility it did not matter he still figured out a way to win and honestly the rest of the team i want to say that the chiefs reached their potential and won the super bowl last year for lots of reasons and a tiny little bit of a slice of the pie has to go to the fact that the rest of the Chiefs realized, oh, we can't like expect Mahomes to bail us out every all the time, anytime, forever here because he's injured. We all have to step up a little bit. The defense certainly took a huge step forward down the stretch. I thought their tackling, particularly in that Bengals game, was like, who is this team? I don't recognize them at all. Like they, you know, the the degree to which they were preventing some elite athletes on the other side of the ball from getting yards after the catch was like eye-popping and and, and impressive. Um, and they took the uh, Eagles' best, absolute best shot in the Super Bowl. And I want your opinion on this because I've the said Eagles this before. were such a good team. They win yes. a lot of – there's a lot of Super Bowls they win with the performance they put out there. Like Yes, okay, so they, here's, it, here's it, what it I got It sucks because you. you have to tell a team, like, don't hang your head for that. Like, yeah. you have to. You lost. It sucks. Like, you, yeah. you can't. You can't get a moral victory in the Super Bowl, but fuck, they put up a really good performance. Yeah, most points in a losing effort in a Super Bowl ever. Um, and I will honestly tell you that the as I grade the Eagles' performance on that day as a team, they hit there in a 95th percentile for me. Like, that was about as good as a really good team could play. They made two mistakes, or really three mistakes. I'm going to say they made three mistakes. Two were player, one was coach playing the chiefs well <laughs> not yeah not eliminating the chiefs somehow some other way yes yeah. uh, they should have absolutely poisoned the chiefs some way um they uh the fumble by hertz that gave the chiefs a touchdown the cheap touchdown was bad <laughs> no no shit uh they you know the penalty by bradbury that set the chiefs up for the go-ahead touchdown uh and then the um uh, the decision by Sirianni to kind of take his foot off the gas in the third quarter and he got real, he lacked aggressiveness when he, he needed one more kind of sincere effort to push his team across the finish line, I thought. And then they, they may have been in better shape down the stretch. Um, but ultimately, it was a weird game because uh, let us not forget that the uh, grass played a significant factor in the Super Bowl. The Eagles had no pass rush because it was too slick out there. And the Chiefs offensive line was absolutely <laughs> awesome that day. They were awesome. Fucking, um, yeah. So power power ratings for that day. We go like Mahomes, <laughs> we go Reed, we sure. go the enemy. Uh honestly, like, who was the guy I bet for uh Pacheco? Pacheco, Pacheco Her, Hertz is up there. You get down to like a millionth place, the sad father. The sad father. He, he gets <laughs> he gets a ring. He gets it's a ring. To me. The wet just, grass, just, Matt helped him big time. Never had like it was like such a story. Oh, did he die, up. Dan? Did the sad father really die? Oh, oh, Jesus, Dan, Dan made me feel bad. <laughs> the guy was like 80. I don't know why in the world it was his role and responsibility to be in charge. Well, of and it's the thing, too. We never we never hear about this guy, and suddenly he's like some huge story. And then, <laughs> and then it, happens, wouldn't have been, yeah. it wouldn't have been a thing if we hadn't heard about him for a fucking week and a half. But yeah. you know, the sad father had a bad day. And 
I, I, not just the Super Bowl, but the playoffs as a whole, the Jacksonville game, the Cincinnati game, which was great. Like, not only did the defense step up as a whole, and like you said, a lot of the other players, but the play calling and the game plan and the, just the offensive scheme that Andy and, I mean, Nagy, I suppose, and, and B enemy put together was sublime. Like, especially after taking the shots that they did from Cincinnati early in the season, losing that game, uh, what they had to face from Philadelphia that day, like they really put it together and, you know, Mahomes gutting it out with the injury. And like you said, the defense really kind of bringing it for three games. It was, it was such a, it was just such a pleasure to watch. It was. And, uh, I can only ask you one kind of follow-up question to all this. What is it about the Chiefs' defense that they look like average to dog shit for much of a regular season campaign and then flip a switch down the stretch under Steve Spagnuolo? Like, is this signal now that he literally just treats the season like a learning experience and knows that... Andy Reid and the offense and Mahomes are going to be good enough that they're going to win enough games that he can literally just kind of collect data and keep his ultimate strategy, what he wants to do with his defense, a secret until the playoffs. You know, we had this conversation, not about Steve and the defense last year, but we had the same conversation the same time last year. We said, Hey, this oh, yeah. team, they have a win. Do we see them you know, a little lottie da, lazy fair, you know, kind of, uh, uh, the attitude of winning, you know, the, the NBA path where it's like, Hey, do we need the one seed? Do we need the regular season wins? Like, let's just get through the season healthy, get to the playoffs and do our thing. We didn't isolate it. Like you just did where we're talking strictly about the defense, but that does, does kind of check out a little where, you know, uh, this is a team more predicated on the offense. We have the greatest, offensive quarterback in the league. We have just everything that we've already mentioned, all the superlatives we've laid on them. Like we can get through this season, win 12, 13, 14 games. And the defense can just kind of poke and prod and figure things out and then use everything that they've learned to really ramp it up. And then none of this, you know, some of the disguises that they'll use, whether it's coverage disguise, blitz disguise, or anything, stuff isn't really on tape, and they're able to just put put <laughs> forth their best. They're just like, yeah, we need three really good games of defense because it's the playoffs, and you know, we can probably win without you guys seventy percent of the time during the regular season. Mm-hmm. But seventy percent doesn't kick it in the off season, pro season. We need a hundred percent because it's it's uh, still single elimination, Steve. All right, all right, all right. All right, fine. So basically, Andy Reid waits for the high-leverage games to call the good plays, and Steve Spagnuolo waits for the high-leverage part of the season to call the good scheme. And it works. And it works. (laughs) And so they they basically can navigate what is otherwise a very long and physical and, you know, a season full of landmines that uh, many other teams can't. Uh, they win more than an average team will because of the quarterback and then flip the switch at the end and the rest is history. We have now two Super Bowls in Kansas City. Um, the kind of final question I have for you about sort of last year. and really I will arc. say, too, that the schedule, 
practice. My my final point on last year, the schedule yeah. didn't turn out to be as tough as no, no, especially predicted. down the stretch. Especially so down the stretch. The the thing we said is like, oh my god, the Chargers have a tough schedule. While they play the Chiefs twice, there's only a few teams yeah. that have to do that. Your schedule's inherently going to be tough. Yeah, and you have to play the best team in the league twice. And they kind of had the opposite with the Chiefs last year. That nobody in the division turned out to be all that good between you know the injuries in LA and then just Denver mm-hmm. never figuring it out Oakland Oakland Las Vegas the, you know playing below expectations at times so you had six games that all a little easier than they thought and then uh you know some of the other teams at that point when they played Los Angeles the, excuse me the Rams uh that was not the, not a team that they were super scared of I suppose at that point they had a bunch of other it's funny too the Colts was, should have been one of the easier games they played. They actually lost that, but they, you know, they played the Cardinals. They played, uh, yeah. The, God, where was it? The, the Titans is in a weird They went spot to OT too. against the Titans and the Texans. That's, the Titans, <laughs> the Texans, the, the Texans. Yeah. What, what was wrong with them? Playing the the South lose to the Colts. And then you go to overtime versus the Texans and the Titans. <laughs> no, but their stretch after the Bengals game coming down the home stretch in hindsight is laughable. They got Broncos, Texans, Seahawks, Broncos, Raiders. Mm. Well done, Chiefs. Congratulations. <laughs> you got to tune up for the playoffs against the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so put a pin in that. Say that part again. We almost <laughs> run that back. So after week 13, they get to play, yeah. you know, dead to rights Broncos team. Yep. Texans. Broncos, Texans, Seahawks. Seattle, Seattle kind of on their come down spot where people are realizing, oh, this yep. defense still sucks. Gino's not a full pumpkin, but he's not elite and then Broncos and Raiders again yeah. five game stretch into the playoffs that turned out pretty easy um, yeah and we... actually they they got the Jaguars with extra rest in the playoffs and they didn't have to play the Bills so a lot of things did happen to break right uh even though they did get a Super Bowl with Pat Mahomes on one on one leg yeah so that uh kind of brings me to kind of another key point here pat mahomes now has gone through a couple iterations of as a player when he burst on the scene his unique ability to hit the home run combined with tyree kill speed combined with andy reed kind of cooking up some pretty awesome gas uh was devastating to the to the uh, uh league because if you're giving up those kind of explosive plays you have to go. You have to match bomb for bomb uh, in order to hang and hope that you have the ball last. The league adapted by saying we're not going to let you hit home runs. We're going to put outfielders five hundred feet out. <laughs> like men, yeah. Men's yeah. low slow pitch softball. <laughs> yeah. Four outfielders. Four outfielders and no fence, and, yeah. <laughs> and they're standing way the hell out there. So it's like okay. In that situation, you hit doubles. And Pat Mahomes adapted to hitting doubles. Uh, and he has slowly incorporated more into his game where um, when the pocket breaks down, when the going gets tough, he can break out of the pocket. And you as a defense are kind of effed because he's either going to scamper for 10 or he's going to fi- find and read the breakdown in your coverage and hit a home run. And yeah. He's kind of solved everything the league has tried to adapt to to make him human. And I don't know that there's many more curveballs, wrinkles left for the defenses to do. Yeah, he like you said, he turned he turned from Barry Bonds and it's like, well, 
we moved the fence back to 700 feet, Barry. <laughs> All right. And then he's like, uh, I'll be Ichiro now, except I'm up, <laughs> except I'm up nine times in a row. And I'm just going to slap hit the shit out of it. And, and not only that, but we have, you know, a, a bit of a cheat code at tight end. Uh, his, some of his yards after catch too, and some of the routes and some, and again, that that's, I think maybe that gets lost a little in the, uh, or yeah, early early career bonds. He, he went from Royd bonds to young pirates bonds. Um, that's actually pretty good, Christopher Davis. But uh, something that gets lost in some of this is like great play calling isn't always, you know, routes and who's getting the ball. Great play calling is some of the same stuff we talk about when we talk about defenses setting up disguises and misdirection and things. It's it's forcing mismatches the way that they, you know, treat some of these plays and they put, you know, uh, you put several tight ends or you move things around and you force people to guess what people are doing and you get mismatches and you get Travis Kelsey on like at the end, you get Travis Kelsey on the slow linebacker. You know, you, you get somebody who's essentially wide receiver, <laughs> yeah. like wide receiver, good mismatched out in space against a lot of people that he shouldn't be mismatched against. And that's that's play calling. I mean, that that's exactly what you see from this team and why he's so successful. And then obviously, you know, he's just very good to begin with and Pat's so good. But man, like some of some of the stuff that they're able to do, which is like everybody on the team, um, it's again, it's a platitude that you hear in preseason, but it's putting people in a, a position to succeed. And you know, if you could put Randy Moss in the slot against a defensive end. <laughs> like if you said like, I can just figure out how to do that every play. Well, I would just do that every play. Then, right. <laughs> like it's, it's the same thing. You're like call Lipscomb's, the good play. Yeah. Lipscomb's talking about McKinnon being in, in the receiving game, being insanely efficient. Again, the way they used him to get him into advantageous positions. And I mean, it's just, that's why I say it's just a pleasure to watch because it's like, Oh man, like how do you defend some of this stuff? And I think that's, uh, that's the fun part about watching the Chiefs. Did we talk? Are we, did we do off-season grades? We're kind of slow on the Chiefs right now. Well, no, we're about to go there. Just We're not doing that that bad. We usually take about 20, 25 to get the uh, right, recap. Right, right. And they, this team went to the Super Bowl, so we had a lot to recap. Here. We can give, so we give um, some love. Just a kind of closing thought on Mahomes. To this point, it is, you take the last 10 years, all quarterbacks, EPA per play. The gap between Mahomes and the next best quarterback in that time span who is peyton manning uh pretty sure you know who that is right he's 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 probably going to the hall of fame uh that gap uh 0.15 um uh, i'm sorry that gap is 0.074 epa per, per play that gap is the same as the difference between peyton manning and the what best quarterback in that time frame 38th Ooh, very close 29th so the the that is absurd. Uh, I, I'm really I'm at a loss. I, I'm 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 in shock here. Um, and I don't I, I really don't know what I really don't know what you do if you're a defense to try to stop him. It's he's kind of an he's inevitable. Patrick Mahomes is inevitable. The Chiefs are inevitable. And um, you know they're we I am dying 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 for a season where he has to do a little more in the playoffs in terms of difficult path. Dying, 
really like i'm not saying i will bet against him at all i'm just excited to see a more of a challenge in terms of path play super wild card weekend go on the road divisional round go on the road uh afc championship game and then play a uh, you know play a, another quality opponent in the super bowl like it, that will be fun that will be very 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 fun yeah, like have having to go to paycor for the afc title game and then rematch with a you know, another Eagles team or the, a good Niners team, the Lions, the Lions and their uh, unstoppable offense. For I'm those less familiar, Paycor, of course, is in Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. Be on someone oh, else's yeah. turf. Everyone for the knows Paycor. <laughs> yeah. Be on someone else's turf for the championship game. Um, you know, host the Ravens at the Bills, at the Bengals would just, it would just be fucking awesome to see that mm-hmm. um and i'm excited for it so let's get into the offseason uh the chiefs made uh eh, they made a couple moves nothing that really really moved the needle for me except for one what do you- a lot of a lot of washes where it's like you know yeah, the sa- sure. send orlando brown because he lost smith like okay frank clark and whatever his name is like Probably a slight downgrade, but nothing massive. You lost some secondary depth pieces. Uh, Smith Schuster in an already kind of iffy wide receiver room. The B enemy one, we'll find out, I guess, if that's important. Mm. Like that could be interesting. Um, I, I don't know what you what your biggest uh, your biggest loss is. I guess biggest I, loss I didn't... pretty clearly is is the uh, the gay the big boy at the top. Uh, Orlando Brown. No, me. Um, I had him graded as elite at the tackle position, not just elite in terms of the quality of play, but availability. Like that guy did not miss, right? And it was easy to kind of downgrade, you know, kind of point to hey, it was not worth, wasn't worth the money, blah 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 blah. If you didn't have to lose him, I don't think you really want to. And you're bringing him, you're bringing in Juwan Taylor, that's going from like ninety. 90 to 95th percentile at the position to a guy who's like in the high 70s. He's better than average. He's he's also available. He's younger. He's cheaper. I get why you did it. But yeah, me, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It is, but it's it's one of those where, like we talked about with Pat, you, you, you say like the gap is so big between him and Peyton. Mm-hmm. I, I love having, you know, elite is always better than very good. Yep. But at a tackle spot, it, it's not going to matter as much if the rest of the line is solid enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure. If this, if, the, if this were a downgrade from a elite tackle to Juwan Taylor, who's maybe 70, 80th percentile, like that's, it's a way bigger deal if, if there's weak links along the rest of the line. And I think the rest of the line is good enough where it's not going to be a huge issue. I get, I get your point, but I, I don't know if, uh, you know, the, all the moves in the backfilling they did, I guess part of it is also giving them the benefit of the doubt because they've been good at that over the course of the last few years as well. And they've made smart choices. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not super moved by it. I understand where you're coming from, just from a grading standpoint. Okay. Okay. Um, the other losses, I guess, in order of just in order of of loss, Brown most significant clearly. Schuster matters. 
Andrew Wiley, the guard, matters. Frank Clark matters. Juan Thornhill may matter. And then we have a number of guys who I think were pretty replaceable. They lose nine more guys who were kind of replacement level-ish um, and have to backfill with young, young players and, and street free agents. The guys they brought in, in order of importance, Jawan Taylor, good, but a downgrade. Drew Tran- Tranquil, um, he was filling a not really a need, but he is an up- absolutely an upgrade at depth for linebacker. Richie James is good, but not, you know, but he's a downgrade relative to Smith Schuster. Um, and then uh, Donovan Smith, I uh, don't really know how to rate that guy. He was a walking hold last year. And mm. it was, is you know, if, if he's kind of regularly out there, and I don't know that he will be, um, it gives the refs a decent chance to handicap them. What do you think of that? Yeah, we have that in the schedule. There's some thing there. There are forces working against the Chiefs this year. That might be one of them. Uh, I mean, just off-season stuff. I, I think it was. It's hard to grade it. Like it's it's just mm-hmm. a B because like, you know, it's like uh, everybody's asked to fix the Mona Lisa. Like, what are you gonna do? Paint a hat on her? <laughs> you know, you, you, know you, you do have to backfill at spots you lose and use some cap considerations to make some of these moves. But, you know, when, you, when you're at the top, it's hard to give somebody an offseason grade because how mm-hmm. are you going to improve that much more? I think, you know, looking forward, I'm much more interested in seeing, you know, obviously how Taylor and Smith play in the ends. But I'm way more interested to see what we get out of these wide receivers because it's like they all kind of show flash. I'm going to give them a B plus for two reasons for the offseason grades. I'm going to go B, straight B. You're going to get straight B. Okay. I'm going to give them a B plus because I like that they didn't, they had, they, they, they took their medicine last year to a degree with some of the Mahomes contract. Right. And this year they were under a little bit of relief and there was, would have been some incentive, some, some temptation to kind of, to kind of go nuts there, you know. Let's oh, we got we got we, we took our medicine last year. Now let's go spend a little this year. And I like that they didn't really exercise that, and they continued to kind of let the youth develop, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, because some of those young guys took some serious steps forward towards the end of the season last year. So I'm glad they didn't really overreact to anything and poorly spend. Um, I like their draft. I thought their draft was as good as it possibly could have been, considering where they were picking. Um, and some of the talent that they got there. And, uh, you know, ultimately the fact that they are, the fact that they bridged um, not, you know, success with a cheap quarterback to success with a quarterback making the most in the NFL, like slow clap. Like it's quite, quite impressive that your, uh, you know, that your organization overall didn't uh, fumble the bag in some way, shape, or form. Didn't even take a step backwards, but won the Super Bowl in the year where you were taking your contract medicine. This is awesome. <laughs> like, it is just very cool. So I don't know. Yeah, and I they, they did. I give them a B plus. Yeah, uh, to bring up the draft too. They obviously you don't have great draft picks when you win, but they did kind of address two spots where they could use help and depth and they got a defensive end and they got a wide receiver, a wide receiver. A lot of people are kind of high on as a bit of a sleeper in rice from SMU. I don't know. I didn't watch a lot of SMU games. I don't watch a lot of college football in general. So we'll see. I think uh, kind of my last thought on that is 
I, I wish I wish they had the money to just go get like another wide receiver one because it'd be fun. But I mean, you have your wide receiver one lining up at the end of the offensive line. You know, it's still peace. There's a ton of teams where it said, would, I don't know, this is a fun thought exercise. We don't have time to do all 31, but how many teams would trade their top wide receiver for Travis Kelsey right now? I know he's he's not as young as he once was, so maybe it's a silly one. But you know, there's a bunch of teams that wouldn't. But man, there's there's a handful of teams like yeah, you can have him. We'll take him. Yeah, he's so he's so good. So if if they get a little more out of these guys, and a lot of it is just yeah, no, and that that's you know I I, I got to that conclusion in my head there a little, Dan. Too, he's 34. It's starting to starting to get towards the end of things. But man, they they need something out of Tony, and Tony just. Doesn't stay healthy. I wasn't a big Tony guy coming out of college, too. I did end up watching a bunch of Florida that year. It was a fun team. But what I saw was like, oh, they're just triple covering pits and Tony's open. (laughs) Like, is he actually that good? But I don't know. If that worked once, put him with a wide receiver that you got to double cover again and maybe get some action out of Kadarius Tony again. And he has to just stay healthy. He missed time multiple times. I think last year with some soft tissue injuries. So mm-hmm. he needs, he needs to get healthy. I guess I've heard good things about sky Moore as far as off season stuff. I know that's all we hear this time of year, but uh, the quote was from Andy Reed. Um, if he get anything out of this wide receiver room, it's, you know, fucking run it back season, baby. Yeah. I guess that's maybe more my point I was trying to make about giving them B plus. Like they didn't put ring chasing vets in front of guys they need to continue to develop. No, it's not like oh we're ch- we're going after you OB- know oh we're not, we're going after OBJ. Yeah, right. They didn't right. They didn't uh, they didn't impede their ability to continue to develop their young guys, which I like. That's just maybe more of the point. Yeah, and um, there's been a lot written about them being one of the teams that was looking at. Um, getting nuke on their team and it just they would have to restructure somebody here first like if that happens then maybe it's a conversation that's happening but it just doesn't feel like something that's going to happen i do not think that changes your he wants to play for a better team he's no no money though yeah no he wants to play for a better team but if it comes down to it he's just going to take like 10 million from tennessee quick thought on travis kelsey uh his performance last year in his grade um was better than it was as a 27 year old when he was a first team all pro yeah he's so very good not worried about him aging at all and like i said like i did a pretty careful look at um aging curves this off season that was one of like my highest priority things because i was kind of curious of like you know what are some of the obvious trends interestingly enough like you know who has the flattest aging curve of any position in just neutral besides quarterback i mean you're leading me to say tight end but it's not it's a uh interior defensive tackle no it's cornerback cornerbacks can play cornerbacks can play very very if you're a lead quarterback you can carry that through until you're 36. It's wild. I, Look, well, Patrick Peterson last year's like, numbers were good. You, you, Charles, think of Charles Woodson. Like, you know, there's a number of examples of you are very, very good. Kicker. Um, oh, well, I didn't, I didn't look well, at that, it. That's the unique yeah. thing about cornerbacks is you can be, hey, I'm I'm this big dick swinger, 23-year-old shutdown cover corner, and then five years from now when I don't have that 4-3 speed, 
Yeah, I'm, you're crafty. You know, you know what to do. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm crafty, and yeah. you know I'm 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 playing I'm playing in a different kind of system where I'm getting a lot of help from yeah. the safety. Or suddenly, suddenly I'm a slot it's, corner, and it, you know, I'm is, very good this at that. Is, this is 100 survivorship bias. If you can make if you if you cross the bridge of you lose yep. your elite speed and you can stay in the league, then you can then carry then you're on. Playing to like 38. That's that's exactly it. That is it. 100. percent and so and you get ultimately good at the the aging, jersey tugs yeah ultimately the aging curve is pretty damn flat for those guys which is crazy that's interesting that's that and that's that's kind of actually a theme of a lot of elite players like if you just isolate guys who hit like two standard deviations over the you know their position peak right those guys have longer careers almost all of them and they're almost all flatter so there is like there is there certainly are lots of examples of players who are you know, being paid, compensated well beyond their, their, you know, their contribution, uh, once they get over the hill aging curve wise. But, um, if you are in like the rare air elite skill, anything, any, doesn't matter what position you play. If you're in rare air, you know, you can, you find ways to stay at or as productive, sure. uh, you know, for much longer than the rest of the, the room. So kind of fascinating. Yeah. All right. Let's look at this schedule. Um, we did, we won't, hash it and hash it and hash it because we went over this in great detail already once in the schedule episode if you missed that it's only a couple episodes back but a big focus is favored right now in every game i don't feel like they'll go 17 and 0 but i suppose that's on the table it always is but yeah the the big red the big red <laughs> pink chart that's not uh valentine's day people that is weeks <laughs> It's funny. It's it's the exact section we focused on when we looked at last year's schedule, week thirteen, and on six straight weeks with the old home stretch, decent rest disadvantage, at least three days of rest disadvantage for a goddamn month of Sundays, and it's there's crazy. a pretty nasty spot. The worst one being against one of their chief rivals. You're Beef playing love. essentially. <laughs> you're playing uh, what? In the the stretch ending the season, you're playing the three best quarterbacks in the AFC that aren't you, in you know Herbert, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. It is a kind of a fucking filthy schedule here, guys. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, I uh, I look at this and I see intention. On the part of the NFL, do you agree? I I I never go as tinfoily as you, but boy, it's awful hard not to. <laughs> That's why it's like, hey, let's let's uh let's let someone else have a turn because this is this is rough. I don't even think they're in the mindset of let someone else have a turn. I think it's let someone else host the AFC Championship game, right? <laughs> yeah, let's get that game on the East Coast, guys. And we know the NFL is kicking around the idea of making that a neutral. Oh yeah, boy, they were they were licking their chops for that last year. They I were. doubt we'll have another canceled game. Oh, I mean, gosh, I hope hopefully nobody dies on the field this year and has to be resuscitated. Like I'm, I'm going to go on record saying I don't want that to happen. So we, I doubt we'll have a weird situation like that. <laughs> just, but just I a brave mean, brave take by you, yeah, brave take. But to your point, that kind of that weird, unfortunate situation opened the door to people saying like oh that wouldn't be the worst thing if we played it in atlanta or whatever that'd be 
you know, college does this. So, yeah, I, I don't know if we're that far off from getting to something like that. That would be weird. Yeah, the one seed and at, only at that getting point, one home game seems a little... Well, I th- here's the thing, Drew. If they do that, it would be eight teams in the playoffs. Eight teams, so yeah. You go, right. you go eight-team playoff, and the, and the AFC title game is... Uh, Newsflash, that's coming too. That's I don't coming. think there's... I don't think there's... So, and I, yeah. I do, that's that's my thought. I think those two things go hand-in-hand. Hand. There's yeah. no there's no longer the bye. You have an eight, eight teams on either side, similar to what, every other sport now, and you have that neutral site where... And they can rotate that between some of the nice cities that have, mm-hmm. you know, the, the infrastructure and the nice new stadiums have it, you know, Hey, it's in Atlanta. Hey, it's in basically all the places you have Super Bowls and you have good bowl games. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine of... like the NFC title game and like the Rose bowl or just oh, yeah. some of these cool college stadiums. Cool be, yeah. That'd be neat. Yeah. Be cool I mean, they used all. to have Super Bowls and fucking Tulane all the time <laughs> <laughs> in the sixties. In the sixties. Yeah. Um, the, uh, uh, one name wrinkle about the schedule I wanted to ask you: Did you, what did you think of the decision to uh, send Detroit uh, to KC for the opener? Yeah, not nice to Detroit, <laughs> but I guess they got to prove it right off the bat. Who else would you have sent? I would have wanted it to be an AFC game. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I know I they you can't you lose one right off the bat because everybody closes in division, but. I would chargers. have made it send the chargers, game. yeah. Like chargers or Broncos. You're gonna um, send you're sending the Chargers there anyway with a rest and travel disadvantage. Yeah, New England. You might as well just send them week one. Right. Any yeah, any of those uh any of those middling to upside AFC teams, I'd rather Miami. send that, I think. Might send Miami instead of yeah. sending Casey and Miami to um Frankfurt. <laughs> Frankfurt, right? Frankfurt yeah. this year, right? All right, interesting. Um, yeah, Dolphins would have been fun. I agree. Um, interesting that off the bye, did you see, by the way, that off the bye, the uh, uh, Chiefs play the Eagles? So Andy Reid gets extra rest to prepare for the Super Bowl rematch against his old team. Interestingly enough, the Eagles also get extra rest. Both teams have the bye yeah. preceding the Super Bowl matchup. Such, Real quick about that game, Andy. Such a such a fun schedule for the matchups it's really cool the fun and interesting thing about that game it's monday nighter they gave that to espn i guess that uh that television channel isn't failing yet as an nbc employee i kind of take offense to this nbc has to put steelers raiders on the air week three i mean you get sunday night like sunday uh, night's fine well yeah but those that should be the that should be the game I feel like I feel like NBC is getting a little uh, a little shift a little shaft. Do you think Do you think Sunday night's a bigger game than Monday night? Yes. There's no For, chance. Monday Monday night is Monday night is the original standalone. Yeah, like, it is the original standalone. Yeah, like but current, Monday night is current, Monday night. Sunday Sunday night's fun. It's the fun way to close Sunday, but Monday night is its own thing. It's the most Monday, watched, Monday night is the most Sunday night football is the most watched well, yeah. television program on earth. Well, not on earth. But, but I like I like States. Monday night. I like Monday night better a lot. Okay, well. I don't care what channel it's on. Like Monday night's always a more because it's the only game that day. Thursday night can fucking kick rocks, even though I, for the reason I just said Monday night's good because people are getting shafted and you have bad performances. But well, I'm saying yeah. I'm saying NBC got shafted this year on behalf of the company. Fair. 
We ho- we well, only get we only get Mahomes and the Chiefs twice. One of them is against the Jets, and and sorry ass Aaron Rodgers week four, and one of them is against Green Bay. Well, have your game on Monday, and maybe you'd get a good game. <laughs> you get the flex game late in the season too, so I, I, you can't complain there. And ESPN does pay a lot for that uh, game. So. Yeah, they do have they do uh, have, yeah, they do have uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman still, I guess. And they uh, also Christopher, have the, I'm not the, joking around. I, I they think have the Monday, Peyton Manning room. Monday yeah. night has, and maybe maybe it's a legacy thing. Monday night has, you know, his history. Even on and, network television, Andy. Is network television? <laughs> have games on like Amazon now. You can't even throw that out there. No, Nielsen Monday, ratings, Monday, Andy. <laughs> Monday Monday night is a way bigger deal for me. Okay, okay. Well, to you, I didn't to, know you know, that was going to be a hot take. Yeah, you get uh, two oh, it's, two it's Monday, Monday night. Games. So it's Monday night, Sunday night, and then Thursday night. My my hand is pushed through the concrete here. Two Monday nighters for the Chiefs. One uh, is against uh, the Philly game, as previously mentioned, and one is at New England uh, in Week 15. I guess the opener is also Chiefs. Chiefs Lions. I, I again, I think they got shafted. I, I I don't know. We're not getting the best. We're not getting the best. That's my opinion. Don't don't put Jack Collinsworth in the product. <laughs> I think you'd be. I think maybe they'd give you better games. Sorry, well, Chris. Um, the odds for the Chiefs are Teardorf. Interesting. But I think I'm going to exercise patience with the Chiefs as I do every year for a lot of the reasons that we aforementioned. The Chiefs are six to one to win the Super Bowl. The AFC price is plus 350 right now. AFC West is minus 160. Make the playoffs, yes, minus 500. No is plus 360. Win total. Over, under, 11 and a half juice to the over. Now, recent history would tell you that uh, Patrick Mahomes can win 12 games in his sleep. Uh, and I get that. If you're playing an all, I would only look over. Um, but at the same time, the schedule is tough enough, sequenced challenge, in a challenging enough way yeah. that I think if you want to bet the Chiefs, I don't believe those are the best prices you're going to see for them to reach the highs this year. Where are you on price in terms of market entry for this Kansas city squad? Yeah. Same kind of spot we were with uh, the chargers. It's like, I believe in this team, but my percentages are not very well reflected by the current prices, especially considering the difficult schedule, the difficult sequencing, the difficult travel and rest spots, the, you know, ascension of other teams in the AFC and just the long tail to the under based on just what if Patrick Mahomes breaks his tibia, misses eight games, misses 10 games, misses 12 games. If he misses, how many games does Patrick Mahomes have to miss for the over 11 and a half for the percentage in your head to go under 1%. Where it's like, if I tell you he misses, you know, if he misses X amount of games, and I'll give you over over um, eleven and a half plus fifty to one or whatever, you know, that's kind of that's kind of the math we're doing here. And I, I think it's, I mean, it's like six or eight games. If he if you told me you're sitting out six games, I would not feel good about betting to win no. twelve. 
This is the biggest clipboard or, delta. This is the biggest clipboard delta in the NFL, and it's although the they've by, had by a lot. They've, they've had decent results with backups. I know we just talked about this with Cooper Rush and, and Kellen Moore too. They've been able to bring in backups and and right the ship uh, even during the playoffs. So maybe we're had, overreacting, but I like. had Chad. I had uh, yeah. I was fine with Chad Henney. Um. He wasn't a guy I was dying to go to war with, but he was a fine player. Um, Blaine Gabbard stinks out loud. <laughs> Blaine Gabbard does. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna say my I'm I'm gonna say eleven and a half gets real sweaty if Mahomes misses four games. Yeah, I'm gonna say perfect. it has virtually no chance if he misses six because he's gonna lose a couple. Yeah. They'll get some. They'll get a couple teams' best shots. They always do. Schedule. Uh, sign sign collectibles has a nice uh it's plus one fifty to reach the title game. Ooh. So here's the thing about I guess market my 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 expectation of market uh maturity for the Chiefs. Um expect them to win week one with the banner rays at home. Uh they have meaningful favoritism status. Uh, in every game but two before the bye, and they play Philly. Um, that is nine games. So seven and two feels median-ish uh, getting to the bye. At that point, they're going to be in the lead of the AFC West. They'll be near the top, if not at the top, of the AFC standings because the AFC overall is just a freaking – everybody's got some bombs in the first half of the season. The Chiefs don't really – like they're close games – are Jacksonville and the Jets? They could win those. They could be nine. No, so I get the sense that there's a realistic likelihood that the Chiefs' prices get shorter between this this moment, but really when they kick off Week One and when we get to that buy, and I think they drift from the buy into the home stretch. Even if they win the West, uh, they're going to need to be they're going to need to catch a little bit of positive variance. I think in order to get the one seed in the AFC this year, high probability-wise. Um, and um, for those reasons, I think if you want to bet Chiefs now, go right ahead. I think you will I think you will accumulate equity between now and when we get to their buy in you know middle of November or whatever. Um, MVP Mahomes, same thoughts. Between now and November 20th. I think his price goes from six to one or whatever it is down to three to maybe even evens. Like he could be, be pick them uh, mid season here uh, for MVP. It wouldn't shock me at all. Um, but again, like the way the schedule ends, particularly the the disadvantages they have and the likelihood that they kind of have sort of a, a 500 ish whiff to them in the part of the season where everybody's thinking about awards and everybody's really kind of making their their decisions about who their horse is in the AFC for prediction purposes, and they're making their future bets, and they're talking and talking and talking about is their value in the futures market. I think during that period, you're going to see drifting prices for the Chiefs. And so I don't think that you're going to get a better price on them at the end of the season on the eve of the playoffs than you will right now, with the exception of them being the only healthy team in the AFC and just an absolute nuclear season, in which case... You know, anybody bets Chiefs now is just going to be laughing their ass off. So, and and Patrick brings up a good point about the one seed. It's just like, to, you know, who are who are your your true threats 
for the one seed don't come from the AFC South. It's probably the obviously the winner of the East, the winner of the North. And I think, and I think you would agree with it just based on some of your thoughts on those. Those divisions are tougher than they were in years past. I agree. Whereas, whereas this is this is the division, even with their tough schedule, that where they've probably been the the deck was, deck was stacked against them a little here. Even with their tough schedule, they seem the most likely to run away with the division. Correct. The other ones have more of a dogfight. So one seed, I don't think I have it that much different than last year as far as a, you know, likelihood. Obviously, injuries screw everything up and aren't predictable. But yeah, it's everybody else got a lot tougher, and you know, just I guess seeing several teams not not play their potential, like just Deshaun Watson doesn't get it. Kenny Pickett, tiny hands doesn't work anymore. And Lamar to the wide receivers that they throw through together, just we're never reliving that magic and just Bengals win 15 games. Like that's, that's in the range of possibilities. Definitely. And then you're playing again, Paycor. Got to go through Paycor. <laughs> AFC goes through Pay. We should get Paycor should be paying me for this, but um, <laughs> know that, uh, you know, interestingly enough, it's uh, it still feels like, like Patrick said there, feels like they have the easiest path division-wise. I know the schedule is still the schedule, I, but... I think the Jags do still. Well, to get a one seed? The easiest path division-wise. Oh, yeah, but the easiest path to, like, just romping and winning, like, 14 yeah, games. Yeah, just go 6-0 yeah. in division. Yeah, I, I mean, I've cooled my Jets a lot on the Jags, but in the back of my head, them getting a one seed in the uh, uh, in the AFC Check is still it's, it's still it's still possible, it's still yeah. possible. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think the minute that uh, I guess realistically, decent chance the Chiefs get out to a hot start. If you have an inclination, if you are going to bet them at any point in the season, I guess you might as well just do it now. I'm not gonna. I, 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 anyone that's literally like easy money, Pat Mahomes MVP, easy money, uh, Chiefs Super Bowl, Chiefs a- AFC, easy money. Uh, this is, and the, the point isn't this will win, the point is this will get shorter between now and Thanksgiving. I, I'm not gonna fight you on that. You're, you're probably right. There are so many fun ones, just plus 650 to go undefeated in the division. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that. We'll have to look at that rollover once we get to the end of that's its closing prices. That's pretty good bet. Plus 650? Cool. Pull the schedule up again, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm doing the math on the spreadsheet right now. Equals um, blank time. Yeah, so what, what did we have? We had blank, um, blank So the Chargers, blank, five and a half point blank. favorites. What, what do you put them in there? That's like yeah. one point. Okay. It's, that's not that's not that good of a bet, actually. It should be closer to eleven to one. Five. That's not that good of a bet. Yeah, you might. And again, rolling that over. There's just, some correlation and stuff here, but um, yeah, I mean the the raw win probabilities multiplied gets you to eight um, percent, which should be you know twelve to one. I have like ten to one. Still okay. fun. Still fun bet though. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. There are so many fucking ways to bet. There's so many, like every every team has like uh, 
Vikings versus Packers, three-way market. Vikings 2-0, and Packers, you know, 2-0, and 1-1. and I don't know what happens <laughs> if there's a tie. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's, that's, oh, the, uh, that's the triple zero, Andy. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's where they get you in roulette. So, yeah, the yeah. betting plan is if you like them, bet them now, I think. Uh, Chiefs to start 5-0 and is 5-1. to uh, Chiefs' last team to lose a game. It's definitely, you know, I'm sure they're one of the favorites in that. You're not going to get a huge price, but if you like them, bet them now. Like you, like Drew said, and I, I would have strongly agree with this. Is the tough, the tough part of the schedule is definitely backloaded. Those numbers will get shorter, and you know, I know we're not working on, you know, maybe you have a cash out book and you can just hit the button if you want, but in you know situations that don't allow for that, it it allows you to add other prices like. Mahomes gets down to two to one to an MVP or, you know, wherever we're, we're sitting at that point, it allows you to look at the other quarterbacks and, you know, hedge with some, maybe I want some burrow. Look at the second half of the schedule. At that point, we'll know a lot more about what teams are made up of. And you can make some decisions based on like, man, this guy is against a bunch of secondaries that have had injuries and Burrow's probably going to have like 3000 yards in the last nine games. And maybe we need to add a little bit there. That's it. It really does, you know, afford you some kind of leeway there to add to your portfolio. So that's a lot of fun. I think. I agree with that. Um, interestingly enough on your Vikings and uh, Packers uh, tie commentary, uh, how many, how many years in the last 10 has there been a tie in that uh, rivalry, Andy? Three. Two. Two out of the last 10. I was trying to think if it was more. 2013, yeah. they tied 26 uh, 26. What a weird tie. And uh, yeah. 2018, they tied 29 uh, 29. They don't <laughs> have normal ties. <laughs> that's uh, some interesting results there. But yeah, uh, so basically, there's a 20% clip that uh, Both you score lose. There's a 20% clip that it hits triple zero. So do not bet into that, Margaret. Yeah. Um, that. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I did the... see markets like that too. Like, will <laughs> there be a tie? Will there be at all this year? Um, yeah, yeah, I think both they were both score gummies. They both had to be score gummies. I think. Um, I'm gonna Google that now. Or you can search for that on Twitter. Yeah, twenty six, yeah. twenty six score gummy. Yep, that was. Yep. Um, <laughs> Scott Solzine started for the pack in thirteen. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've gone long enough. Um, the twenty nine, twenty nine. I can't f- get confirmation that twenty nine twenty nine was a score down. We will we will was, uh, we'll put the stats and research department on that eventually here, and we'll figure it out next week. We don't even know which division we're doing next. We'll let you know. We'll tweet. Follow us on Twitter. We'll tweet it out. Hey, if you listen to this in podcast form, and we it's gonna be an NFC division. I have my nice. preference, and we'll see what Andy thinks. I mean, just the North. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Let's All right. It. Bears and guys, it Bears and Packers or Bears and Vikings to start things out. It's Bears who's second Packers. favorite? Yeah, Bears Packers. Packers. Yeah, the oldest rivalry in the uh, NFL. We'll start with those two teams next week. Monday, we'll catch you Monday. The Packers uh, actually you, get to go first. They're well, they are the long shot in the yeah, NFC North. If you've never left a review, go leave a five star review. If you didn't do a thumbs up on the YouTube, do a thumbs up. Dan says 29-29 was the score of That in itself deserves a thumbs up. We'll catch you next Monday.
NFLScoreAgami.com. There's a website dedicated to it. Have you ever you, watched? Do you run it? Have you ever watched the video that he made about it? No, I don't run it. I, just don't run I love the John Boyce videos. Anyway, the, the one with the uh, was it Steve Bono? Who's the Chiefs quarterback that had like? 